Hello, darlings. What is it you truly desire? Let's start from the beginning. You know, Lucifer used to be God's favorite angel. Those were the days. Oh, where to start? Well, I'm the devil. I basically invented daddy issues, waged a war, and got banished to rule hell, but decided I needed a little vacay. So I came here to Los Angeles, which let me tell you, is no city of angels, and exactly what I was after. I bought a bar, had a wonderful time partying, annoying my angel brother, who was trying to get me back to hell, which I have to say was half the fun. But then something unexpected happened. I got mixed up in a murder that I helped solve, which brought me to become an official consultant of the LAPD. I have the ability to draw out people's desires, you see. No human is immune to my devilish charms. Well, there is only one human. But I talked to my therapist. I know. So LA. And she's working through it with me. Oh, and I'm very aware you all are Catholic here. But don't worry. You're my favorites of dear old dad's fan clubs. So grab a drink. You'll need one. This is truly universal. people, beautiful nerds, I should say, or maybe darlings, because I'm talking about Lucifer. Welcome to Truly Universal, the podcast where we discuss all things Catholic in another universe. So today, we'll be talking about the TV show Radical Traditionalists Love to Hate, the show that glorifies the sinful nature of Lucifer while simultaneously empowering the God-intended goodness in every person. Conservative mobs want to ban it. Theology students want to write their dissertations about it. Today, we are talking all things Lucifer, the Fox canceled but Netflix adopted kind of crime TV show about a handsome, charming British devil taking a vacation from hell and slowly learning how to love like a human. So today, we have a fan favorite guest, JP Mapa, and a new voice. I call her Kebebs. You can call her Ariana, but that's a conversation you should have with her personally. (laughs) And I'll let them introduce themselves. So welcome, y'all. Tell us about yourselves. We'll start with Kebabs. Hey there, listeners. This is Kebebe with Truly Universal Pod. Some things about me. I'm from Benicia, California. I caught two mice early at 6 a.m. this morning. And... (laughs) And I'm super, super stoked uh, to be here with my beloved pals JP and Meg talking about a really fun, really fantastic show, Lucifer. So yeah, thanks for having me, Meg. Thanks for being here, Kebabs. Uh, JP, for the millionth time, tell, tell us about yourself. 
Uh, I don't know how I'm supposed to go off that, but We're basically building you a Tinder profile. <laughs> wow. Okay. I mean, but... Catholic match. <laughs> Christian but... mingle. <laughs> okay, but uh... <laughs> wow. Okay, but yeah, I'm JP. You know me. <laughs> I don't know what else to say, except that I binge Lucifer in about three weeks. So yeah, kind of been Lucifered out like yeah, for fair. for a while that's now. <laughs> like all things, all things Lucifer for like three weeks. <laughs> Thanks, JP. The commitment, yeah. the commitment. Yeah. <laughs> and then you started binging it when I asked you to be on this episode. Yep, and I was like, oh, okay, I should start watching this now. Here we are. Uh, I'm so excited for this episode because Lucifer is such a good show. And also, I love these people right <laughs> here. And you can probably tell. We need to start with some icebreaker questions. Mm-hmm. Like, we can't dive in deep too quick, you know? Uh, so, let's start with the basics. What or who is your favorite character or characters in the show? And if that's too hard, maybe favorite story arc, okay, or character development. If you want, oh, that's a good more question. Um, technical. <laughs> Ella. Well, the first one that, yeah, Ella, Ella. Exactly, Ella. Ella is the 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 Catholic of the group of Lucifer. Uh, we learned that he went. She went to Catholic school, um, but she's like super down to earth. Um, but she still has like there's a side of her that no one really knows about, which we you should kind of learn throughout the episodes. And I know we were talking about this beforehand, but like her struggle with believing God is one of the probably one of the most realistic like versions of of like people who talk to who have this this difficulty with God. Like I was what there were moments when I was watching, I was like, Oh, I know that moment. I know exactly how she feels. That's why yeah, that's why she's one of my favorites. But the other one uh that one that the other one that uh, popped in my head right now was Lee. Lee, you guys, Lee, you guys know him. <laughs> he's the yeah. he's the, thief the guy that who Lucifer, like comes back like, every first episode of the scene. season. Oh yes. my gosh, Lee! Yeah, like yeah, yeah, like he just keeps coming back. <laughs> Is he gonna be in season six? That would be funny, but then we. But it depends True. on what they're gonna True. do with him because you know he's in hell, so. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers, but you know that we're talking about Lucifer. Uh, but yeah, and then favorite arc. I kind of like what's going on right now. I love this. I, I I'm liking mm. what they're doing with the whole Michael situation. That I, I just want to know what happens. I just want to know what happens. What happens with Michael? I want to know what his big plan is, or if he just is chaotic evil. Like <laughs> exactly. Michael strikes me as like a just I don't know like. I'm thinking in like an office setting, just like the, that ladder climbery kind of dude who who has like, you know, he has a direct line to God the same way like a kiss ass. Excuse my language. Oh no, I didn't have to say that. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> I just the Bible. Fine. I'm sorry. <laughs> um. But no, yeah, like th- the same way, just like someone who's like really trying to like earn the favor of their like superior at work would and like a desperate kind of like um, right hand Mandy way, Mandy, right hand man ish kind of way. 
and then like when you don't need to because exactly. michael is michael's an archangel he he already has the favor of god like that's just that's just <laughs> he he's just a son in, 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 this, yeah. Yeah, in this world he's one of the sons of god so it's just like of course he, he already have favor with god <laughs> well yeah i think that was like that was actually something that really excited me about the character despite how uh you know uncomfortable and cringy uh his american accent is yes <laughs> yeah that and just like his general presence on screen at all times which i think speaks to like tom ellis's like acting ability like he was able to make him that uh, mm-hmm. um yeah exactly but... he's just so skeevy is like the word skeevy. I mean, yeah skeevy skeevy very skeevy skeevy yeah skeevy, i would say skeevy word? i yeah. think so <laughs> Yeah, though, I, I, because his, his character was like absolutely not what I was expecting. Like, growing up Catholic, you know, I had like this, uh, very like, um, I don't know, like honorable and like almost demigod like, uh, vision of what Michael was. Like, I think the closest thing I can compare it to is like Hercules, like the Disney, uh, cartoon Hercules. That was kind of my vision of the Archangel Michael. And to have the show step in and completely subvert yeah. that expectation and just go, actually, <laughs> he isn't he isn't honorable or godlike or warrior-like at all. He kind of sucks. <laughs> that was just great. Like, uh, But what is consistent is his want to harm the devil. <laughs> That's the one consistent point. True. Oh, true. Yep. Very true. The ongoing battle. Yeah. I do agree with JP on Ella. I will add the slight nuance of it isn't that she has trouble believing in God. It's like she has this really intimate relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Because even in her dark moment, she was like, she sounded like a like a mad ex-girlfriend. She's like, oh, you must be wondering what I did on Sunday. Uh, I was just down in margaritas because I have all this time not going to church anymore. You know, and so it's like, it it's realistic in that sense. It's, it's almost like I'm almost kind of very jealous that she has that kind of belief where it's so intimate. Like it's so like she, when she said, I miss him, I just, I started tearing up because that's kind mm-hmm. of like the relationship that people want to have with God. They want to genuinely feel that way, but oftentimes it's so hard to feel that way. Um, and so like Ella just like tunes into that, but in a very realistic way, she's like, you know, doubting is a whole part of faith. If you didn't doubt, it wouldn't be faith. And like, you know, it's like mm-hmm. all these like re- realistic tidbits about being like a, a Catholic and not just like a white Catholic, but she's like a Latina mm-hmm. Catholic. And so for like Filipinos, it's something that oh, resonates absolutely. Too. Yeah, I recently, like, you know, like through this like second um run through of the series, I've been thinking a lot about Maze. Uh and I didn't really pay attention to her arc as much the first time around. Um just because, you know, she's like it was like, oh yeah, like tough, tough demon chick with knives, like we get it. Like that was like my first reaction. Um, but you know, like I don't know, I I didn't see I, I didn't like connect with her. I, I I connected with her depth more this time around. I think like her uh, her desire to like connect with someone to experience what it's like to uh, to have a soul, what it means to be important, what it means to be someone's like priority. Like I I I thought it was beautiful that she was like experiencing those pangs as a quote unquote like soulless demon, <laughs> you know. 
Yeah. yeah. It was beautiful to watch. It was it was painful but beautiful to watch her yearn for those things. Um, to be like seeing everyone experiencing these relationships and her wanting that connection. Um, which I would arguably say at that point, at least within the theology I know, she must have a soul. If she can cry, if she can feel, if she can, you know, like want connection with people, then she must have a soul. I don't know. Yeah. But that's it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> so, so what is a soul? Like, <laughs> getting to that question, like, let's define soul. Does does she have a soul? After t- <laughs> that is that is the question into the universe. So I, I'd be shamed if I did not bring it up. Does 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 Ooh. Maze have a soul? Does Maze have oh, a soul? that'd be a fun exercise. Um. Okay. How about let's see. It's hard to say what favorite characters because we let we love so many of them. Like Charlotte is great. Like. Both both characters that she plays were amazing. Um, Dan, like you want to hate, but he just gets the short end of the stick all the time. Oh, Trixie, who, yeah, love her. Wow, she's just incredible, and she's so just so lovable. Like <laughs> her friendship gosh. with Maze. Gosh, hoping we get to see more of that. Especially with her now, because she's older. Oh, yeah. So we have an, with an older Trixie. So I want to see how that relationship, like how that relationship grows. Maybe yeah. Trixie's the key. Whoa. For, for Maze. Who knows? Dude. I know, right? It's cool talking about a show that's all going. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, Umbrella Academy. I, I wonder, like, go, going yeah. back to, like, what Meg was saying about, like, does she already have a soul? Um, I wonder if, like, her interactions with Trixie are what prove that she, like, assuming she already does have one, like, this theory, you know? Um, I feel like her interactions with Trixie are, like, our first glimpses into seeing that soul, you know? Like, seeing that she can care for something, seeing that, you know, she can be accepted by something, and then, like, you know, like accept that acceptance, if that makes sense. Like receive that acceptance. Yeah. Every time we talk about does something have a soul, it's like what's at the root of it? Are we saying that something has to be created by God to have a soul? Um, and we look at Maze. Maze is created by Lilith, but Lilith is created by God. So it's like it's possible mm-hmm. that even though she's just a demon in this universe and in the bloodline and creation line that it's going on. <laughs> That she she probably has a soul. It's like how do, how do we define something that has a soul? It's like it is capable of That's connection, beautiful. of compassion, of love. Yeah. Um, it's capable of being hurt um, on an emotional level. So it's like mm. see all yeah, like maybe, maybe it's like maybe she's just in the way of her being fully soulful, soulful. <laughs> I see what you did there. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think it's like with all the characters, it's like the thing that gets in their way of what they truly desire or their own truth yes. is themselves, you know? Absolutely. Like, like their, uh, the truth they tell themselves and the truth that they're actually living and like the distance between those two things, right? Like, like Lucifer, uh, you know, completely projecting blame onto everyone else in the earlier episodes, not really owning his own feelings, throwing them onto the people around him. That being, uh, yeah, just that being uh, a fractured truth, I guess. 
Hey, we got in deep. We got to the does it have a soul in the icebreaker questions, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> if that's any indication of how, how this is going down. That's how we'd like to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyways... Uh, my next kind of icebreaker question is because you eventually meet like Lucifer's siblings, right? There's like all these different angels, and then you also meet these like other celestial beings and like somewhat immortal beings or like mortal beings that had the power to come back to life somehow. So, which of those people from like Lucifer's world, like who has who's connected through Lucifer, which of those mm. characters do you really like? <laughs> Or love to hate. We only, we only saw her in one episode, but Ray Ray. Ray oh, Ray. She was, yeah, dude. She could do no wrong. Yeah. Ella, Ella. Asriel. Asriel. The Angel of Death. That's such a good... And it, it's kind of funny because it shows like how... Maybe how strong Ella's faith was also. Because like, yeah, she had a near-death experience, but mm-hmm. she's still in communication with with the angel of death yeah and then you learn so, uh, like, in that nun episode with amenadiel that people of faith um are able to like see yeah. amenadiel as like a reflection of their faith right like a reflection of the love they have for god and so like that explains like why ella's love for god so strong it's because she literally is like BFFs yeah. with oh an angel. yeah that could like add to it. her faith um not so much be a product of her faith being like incredibly strong. Oh, there's just so many ways it could roll. It's part of what I love about that relationship is like, I also, I think something that I think is really endearing is that she, she thinks like this angel is a ghost. Like she is not aware that she's in love with like this angelic being or in love. Sorry. She's uh, in relationship with, in friendship with like this angelic being. Like she has no idea just how like strong her connection to spirit is. Uh, yeah, it's super beautiful. Also, she's just like a cool nerd. <laughs> she's of everything. Like, like <laughs> I know people look at me and they're like, "Man, you're not really nerdy," and I'm just like, "You understand? I really wish I could speak Klingon." Like, <laughs> oh yeah, I was freaking out. I was like, "They're actually speak. This is actual Klingon." Like, I know how it's supposed to sound like. I was like, "What is going <laughs> on?" <laughs> And she yeah. was into cosplay. She's not a oh, she, she's not a furry, but she's into she's cosplay. I was like, okay, <laughs> like, that, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, okay. like, person. <laughs> like all her references she makes too. It's so great. I love her. Yeah, she is just she's just like all of us. <laughs> she really is like a ray of light, you know, especially like watching it during quarantine. It's been really nice to have her personality just show up on screen. <laughs> it's good escaping. Yeah, especially with how the show yes. is, too. Oh my you need it as well. Oh, my goodness. So, any other fan favorites from the angel celestial being mm. immortal side? I mean, uh, uh, Amenadiel. Yeah, if, oh, if, yeah, if, yeah if, same. Ray Ray, Ray Ray and Amenadiel yeah. are probably my top two favorite mm. um, angels, like his siblings. Um, yeah, you can't, like... He has that older brother, like mentality. Uh, yeah, <laughs> when, I, when, it comes, I, when it comes to Lucifer. Yeah, <laughs> I feel yeah, that. Like the older, responsible brother whose like sole purpose is to please the parent. Like, 
Oh, yeah. oh, that good. And then when, All whenever, right, guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ow. Am I Lucifer? <laughs> and, and then, and then, uh, I, my, also some of my favorite parts is when he gets the one up on Lucifer, and he gets, and he does that smile. <laughs> He's like, he knows, like, yeah, I got you. <laughs> so it's that, it's that sibling rivalry that I really like with the men and yeah, the their relationship. Just so fun. Um, I, I really love uh, just how uh, earnest he is, you know, um, especially like despite the mistakes he makes. Or you know, I don't even know if you can call them mistakes, but like when he strays from his uh, what he thinks is like God's plan or mission for him, um, and how he how he's able to like own up to those things and like really um, yeah be, be upfront about making mistakes. Like I I think it's a good foil for Lucifer's like complete like <laughs> denial of taking responsibility. <laughs> and, um, yeah. It's it's just refreshing, you mm-hmm. know. It's, it's nice. <laughs> it's cute to see like his relationship to his siblings, like how him and Uriel were actually like kind of close, but not really. Like Uriel was like the little brother who like wanted their attention, and then like how close he was to like Ray Ray, and how like they would play pranks on a Menadiel together. Yeah. It's so cute. Yeah. Or like how Ray is really close to Menadiel, and how like those siblings are like a lot alike. Um, Mm-hmm. So it's really fun to see those parts. Yes, and I think one of my favorite like Amenadiel uh like references that kind of gets sprinkled throughout the show is uh the implication that there's something involving a goat and Lucifer that Amenadiel is responsible for. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's the reason he's the reason why the goat is preferred like when you think about goats, it's it's also <laughs> like, refers to the devil it's because of him. It's yeah, the, like, the men of the like that, that association. That is just a uh, goal. <laughs> and, he's, and he's so mad like when he's so mad about it. It's like why do these people think I'm... So, all the tiny details are so good. Um I okay, ha, I, I know this is like weirdly disagreeable and but I really liked watching like Eve struggle just because everyone has like a certain trauma oh, yeah. that is very human, right? And so like when she was giving her monologue about like after her breakup with Lucifer and was like, you know, like I broke up with Adam because I realized that I was created for him and like my entire life was being the woman that he wants. Um, and then, and I just realized I was doing that with Lucifer as well. Like, I don't know who I am. And like, that's a struggle that like a lot of, a lot of women have is that they like the serial monogamy of being the person that your partner wants, you know, like, and even men go through it too, but like a very human thing of like serial monogamy, losing yourself because you're constantly pleasing another person versus really truly figuring out who you are yeah like that it really did Mm -hmm. i was like that hit different and i was like eve you're so annoying yeah you are like the most annoying plot device like i I remember like honestly both watch throughs i felt so uncomfortable with her character and i i realized it was because like oh yeah because like you remind me of like parts of me that have been and can be codependent and it makes me cringe <laughs> like it's hard to, it's, it's like, hard to watch see. shows to see myself <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, 
Exactly. <laughs> this is escapism. Seriously. <laughs> not my okay. own trauma that I have not dealt with. Like, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> Trying to run away from my problems right now. What are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to run away to run into myself. <laughs> no, what, are, what are you doing? <laughs> Stop holding up a mirror to my life right now. <laughs> like a hotter immortal form, I guess. Like, I know, like I get it. She has better hair game, okay? Like, okay, and gray wardrobe for someone who just woke up from the dead. <laughs> I know. Like, yeah, ro- rolled out of my tomb like this. Was somehow able to get out of the tomb and all that stuff. Like, what the heck? Not fair. No, seriously, <laughs> really. Oh. Our our like extreme emotional like reaction to her character speaks to how well it was written in that it was like it really did portray like that experience a little too well. <laughs> like, oh, oh, anyway, so, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go. This is really fun, guys. We're still in the ice records, guys. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we just went from zero to therapy. Like, we should okay. Lucifer, zero to therapy all day. All day, all day. <laughs> that could be their new tagline. I think it's Drake's next album when he gets to like his midlife crisis. <laughs> zero to therapy. It's like he goes from take care to take care of me. Like, <laughs> zero to therapy real quick. That's so healthy. <laughs> Uh, so if if Lucy, uh, are uh, the endearing term for Lucifer, if Lucy asked you what you what you truly desire, what would you say right now? <laughs> like, do I want to know? Yeah. Do you want to know? Like, do you want to know what you truly desire? Like, I, like I, that's that was I was just like I don't know. What I would truly like that's that just seems like something that I still need to discover for myself. Yeah. I'd be really scared. Mm, dude, I I feel you. Mic mic drop in DJP. Yeah. I'm almost like I, I'm not fully sure. And so I, I'm you need you would need to mojo me yeah. to get a real answer. <laughs> like otherwise, like if I think about it now, it'd be something vague like happiness. But what does make what does make what does make what does make me happy? That that's English, but what make yeah yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, like, yeah I'd, I'd say the same. But what makes Doth happy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh gosh, what if what if that was his line instead of what do you truly desire? Once <laughs> upon a time, it was. <laughs> what doth thy desire? What doth thy desire? It's like so not suave, and it's kind of clunky, and I feel like I'd be put off. Like if if you tried to mojo me, it'd be like. Why are you talking this way? <laughs> Sorry, your question has turned into a bit. Um, <laughs> Meg, do you know what your uh, desire would be? I would be too scared. I don't want to know what my desire is. Like, it's like the same reason people are scared to go to therapy. Like, I don't want to know the hard truth. Like, Ooh. I don't want to. Ooh. I don't want to find out that something I desire is hella shallow when I've lived my whole life trying to be this like eco-feminist, like social justice warrior. Like I want it to be like money, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> power. Like, like maybe it'll be something. 
like I would like money so I could pay off my student loans and help pay off my parents' debts that they took under my name for my student loans. Yeah, that'd be great. Instead of having a passion for being a teacher, which makes zero money. Like, <laughs> well, I we can, we can, um, <laughs> if you're not deal. comfortable keeping that in, we can always. <laughs> like, <laughs> zero to zero yeah, that's, uh, uh, I'm sorry if I took it there. I feel like that. <laughs> I might have. Okay, glad. I this, took it there. Oh, true. It's Lucifer does that. Um, no, would you rather? <laughs> let's, let's, let's go. So, would you rather? My favorite segment. <laughs> uh, okay. So, we have three would you rathers on the table. The first would you rather. Would you rather be stuck on a cross country road trip? You're going across the country post pandemic, going across the country with someone. Would you rather go with. A heretical priest who squats in the Vatican pretending to be the director of exorcists and asks you to kill the love of your life because your bae is the devil? Or would you rather be stuck on a cross-country road trip with a dirty cop that died because you caught him and constantly threatens the life of your baby mama and daughter when he comes back to life? Oh, man. I I would go with the priest because I feel like... I can talk to him because <laughs> he's he's only like focused on one thing, and then like you can divert the topic. The other one just sounds like he's a he's a a jerk, no matter what you do. That's fair. Like, no matter no matter anything you're talking about, he's gonna turn it so that it so that you're just like, okay, stop talking. I don't want to talk to you, and it'll be a long a long like 16 hour <laughs> drive or whatever it is to go cross country oh, gosh. I think, <laughs> really <yeah>. long <laughs> sorry I, I lost my train of thought on that one i but i my gut reaction is also the priest like having watched it just because like and maybe it maybe this is breaking the game a little bit but applying it to real life like that just seems like a much lower stakes and less less feasible situation like my, my bay being like the actual devil. <laughs> uh, that feels like a, a a less realistic threat than like my child or what is it? My baby mama, like the the mother of my child, uh, being t- like murdered. You know? um, I broke the game though. I feel like I'm cheating. Less reasonable threat than someone coming back to life and threatening <laughs> your baby mama. That's true. Did yeah, I, I think so. I missed that part. I missed the part <laughs> where he comes back. Well, to I, life. I, Try my hardest to make sure both are unreasonable asks. <laughs> I mean, they're, so they both done. are. That's true. That's true. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, yeah, I feel like I took all the fun out of that game, being like, uh, both of these questions, neither of these options are real. So, like, um, okay. T- to re-answer that question, I, I do agree with JP, though. I, I feel like, um, you know, a man who's already been to hell and back has way less to lose and is much more dangerous than just a, a radical, like, fanatic, like, religious fanatic, or heretical fanatic, I should say. Because there's no actual threat. Like, the heretical, like, Father Kinley never exactly. threatens to kill anyone, right? Whereas Malcolm, it was, like, straight up, Yeah, like, he's like, I'm gonna kill, kill you. Mm-hmm. With his... With his stash his dude aggressive stash it it is an aggressive stash and i feel like i feel like (laughs) we're gonna make like i'm gonna talk 20 minutes about the stash 
vital to the plot. No, it's just, you know, if it wasn't there, he would be like a little likable, like a little bit. But the fact that it's there just makes him that much more like detestable. Because he does a thing where he's like, he like tilts his head, his eyes are wide, which would normally be creepy. And then you have the aggressive stash and you're just like, oh shit, my life is dead. Like, my yeah. life is really actually in danger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has that look that's just like, mm, don't want to mess with you or talk with the guy who. True, has cool honestly, accent. true. Yeah, the stash definitely makes like the stash makes him that much more dangerous in that it shows how little he gives about how he looks. <laughs> Even like Father Kinley, his mustache and beard, it works. It's like wow, exactly. old reliable, like the wombo exactly. combo. The stash in the, the beard. The Wombo Combo trend. trustworthiness. The Wombo Combo. <laughs> <laughs> the stash in the beard. Good to know. Good to know. As a guy who can't, as a guy who plums. can't really do that, like, it's good to know. Do they do like upper lip plugs. Self care Sunday. Smash. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know what I'm going to Shark Tank with. Have you ever been an a- Asian man nearing his 30s who can't grow facial hair? Wow, wow very... Uh, I like that you really uh, kept your options for your demographic open there. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I learned from TikTok... And my students <laughs> is that the more niche you are, the more money people will shell out. <laughs> Anyways, would you rather? Number two. <laughs> uh, is this usable content? <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> if, a, if aggressive stash doesn't make it in the podcast title, I just. Aggressive stash. There you go. I think that's the name of the. I think there we go. That's the name of it. That's the name of the. Oh my goodness. Oh, my goodness. oh I'm crying. <laughs> yeah. I have to giggle. Okay. Me too. Um. Okay. So, would you rather number two, y'all? Round two. So, would you rather have a bodyguard? That is. Here's your two options for a bodyguard. A, Angel with a soldier mentality who does not know how to live without a mission and is overly responsible to the point of being boring, but fights really well. Or would you rather have as a bodyguard a feisty and extremely hot, tough demon chick with knives who is chaotic, neutral, and not afraid to kill, but normally has a tendency to only kill people who truly deserve it. Mm. So who would you rather have? As a personal bodyguard. Also, the the angel um, is this is a menadeal and is also an extremely well ca- good caretaker. <laughs> extremely good True, caretaker. Yeah. I'll tell that. Very nurturing. <laughs> Super nurturing. Oh, that's a hard question. Oh, nurturing angel, or finding their self feisty hot demon chick with knives. I might have to go with the angel. A menadeal. It- yeah, it feels like uh that's kind of selfish. I was going to say it feels like less work. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> hey. hey. I don't know. I no, feel like that's a valid I, answer. 
I because I I feel like with if we're doing if we're if it's a mena deal, it feels like it it kind of like it kind of feels like again you're having the whole looser effect, the big brother, and it feels like the like if you have a big like with the mena deals thing, like his mission then is to defend you, so it's kind of easier for him to like okay, this is my mission, this is what I need to do, I need to defend this guy, I need to defend this person. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's less. Uh, but I mean, uh, but uh, but I mean, a kick-ass demon chick slash your bodyguard is also dope too. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I, I think it's safe to say both are incredibly dope options. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can you can get into you can get into some some interesting situations. I think with with Maze instead of a men deal, I feel like I would be punking a men deal most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he'd be fun to mess with. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I agree with you, JP, or like to an extent. Where I'm having a hard time deciding, but I see what you're saying. Like with a mena deal, I feel like I would have way less anxiety all the time, <laughs> uh, knowing that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. He's like yeah, predictable. Um, he's like a great caretaker, very like emotionally vulnerable, and like understands himself. Um, whereas like Maze is definitely a bit more of like a roller coaster, you know. Uh, like I feel like she'd be fun to drink with mm-hmm. for like the one or two like special drinking nights I have a year where it's just like, I am not doing anything tomorrow. I'm just recovering. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I think, I think long-term bodyguard, yeah. I feel like the healthy answer, the healthy side of me wants to say I'm in a deal, but like the part of me that is just like, this, this seems like an interesting <laughs> adventure and I could probably write an interesting memoir at the end of my life. Like that part of me, <laughs> it says maze. I want to be that grandma with the rad stories. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like my friend was the rad when I just followed along. <laughs> but no? here, here's, here's something I want to, I want to poke into the fishbowl. I don't know what the phrase is. What the heck? <laughs> yeah. That's all, yeah <laughs> I think I just want to throw it in there, throw into the gauntlet is haven't we noticed that Amenadiel, when he's anxious about something, gets into these weird episodes where he makes really rash decisions or almost makes really rash decisions. Mm. So how would you feel about that then, JP? I think I could still take it. It's it's like it's like those moments in movies where it's like, ugh, like it's like that's just how he is. It's like, uh just gotta deal with it. Like 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 the the the, the parts that you're talking about, like it's Dan who's usually has to deal with that because mm-hmm. yeah. like when he when he takes when Amenadiel takes over Lux and the, the drugs sting yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, then and you find out like oh he was just stealing from his from his grandma, his grandma. and like <laughs> <laughs> and Dan, so I just I, I would have Dan's reaction I'm like oh just okay come on let's just go let's just <laughs> let's just leave. <laughs> Plus, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. The, I don't want to wake up, or I don't want to go around my house mm-hmm. and like open open mm-hmm. like a drawer and there's like a set of knives. That I'm like, where did this come mm. from? Yeah. <laughs> like open open the closet and and a knife fall. Like, uh. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. It, What's going yeah, on? I feel like I just be like way too. Like I'm already pretty hyper vigilant, and I think. Being around Maze would definitely just worsen. I'd that. choose Maze, to be honest. I mean, I've been training my whole life for this. Like, I teach Oof. high school juniors morality and social justice. Like, I've been training for this my whole life. <laughs> 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 Not that my students 
I love them so, so much. They go through a lot, and I'm so proud of them. They inspire Mace, me every day. Mace but... would definitely help you out. She'd be great. <laughs> right. We, we oh, know, so. Meg. We know. <laughs> so this brings me to the last would you rather. Would you rather be able to slow down time, but the extent of time management is literal time management is dependent on your emotional stability? Or would you rather know people's deepest desires, but they only see you for their desires and they don't see you? <laughs> oh. Oh. So basically, like anytime you're like anxious or like overly <laughs> angry, overly emotional, time. time stops and you go, you might not know how to get it back. <laughs> oh. No time. I feel like. Because that's that's more of a a thing <laughs> yeah. I can conquer instead of like everyone else like they only see me for what they truly desire and it's like it might be like this is getting awkward. Yeah, dude. Like and I agree. Time, I am not a negative. Yeah, it's like mm, I don't know if I want that attention. That is not an affirmation anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want that attention. I would, I'd rather slow down time and then. It's, uh, I think, and then, and then it helps you improve yourself because then you, if you know it messes up when you're anxious and stuff like that, you can improve yourself. Go to the, go, go see, go see uh, the therapist, and hopefully it can help you with your time problem. <laughs> Three out of five, Linda. man. <laughs> How about you, Kevin? I, I feel like it would be time, not so much because I prefer it, but just because I want to avoid the other option, just because <laughs> the other option sounds so deeply and like. Yeah, just deeply lonely, you know? <laughs> like, like, so it sounds like deeply lonely. Stuck in time. It's like time stoppers. <laughs> oh. Oh, shit. Or, or the last episode. Oh, sorry. Or time is literally stopped in the last episode. <laughs> Spoiler. JP, JP. After we well, I actually like the crap, it's just like, that was our line. Our word line. With everything we should be talking about the last episode. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, okay. Um, I think that ends our Would You Rather segment. I think it's time to get to like the real, like, juicy, uh, truly universal oh. stuff. So. This is like a question we always do, along with the does it have a soul, which we conquered in the icebreaker. Um, but if Jesus came to visit Lucifer, and I think this is the one where it's like most probable, other than all the other universes that we've talked about in other ones, like Avatar or like <laughs> Animal Crossing. Um, but Lucifer, because these celestial beings, these immortal beings, um, these angels come down to visit Lucifer for whatever reason, if Jesus came to visit Lucifer, and I was like, hey, yo, my dad told me to tell you because we get the same person, but not. Um, what actor do you think would play Jesus? <laughs> or like, what okay. kind of personality do you think they'll have? Or like, would they be British? Or like, what accent w would you see Jesus having? So this might be a strange answer, but like, for some reason, it was the first thing that popped in my head when I read this. Um, so... Going like with the theme of subversion or subversion, you know, and how the show just likes to 
turn our expectations of what these characters would be like on their heads, right? Like Lucifer is like this redeemable guy and not like the epitome of evil. And Michael, like, again, sucks. He sucks so much. <laughs> I can't stress that enough. Um, I, I kind of thought it would be interesting to see Jesus played by Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, and just to see like a strange, like manic, like uncomfortable representation of like this. And I, I'm sorry if this is like sacrilegious, but, but, you know, just to, just to see like, you know, like a really nuts kind of, um, take on, on the traditional, like Jesus character, you know, like he does good deeds, but he also like is nuts, <laughs> for lack of a better word. You mean like super obsessive about doing good deeds? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, <laughs> or like he he does good deeds, but like maybe there's like not like a a warmth to it. It's just like I don't know. I I haven't fully flushed it out. I was just like, I just thought Jake Gyllenhaal would be super like fun to see in like a Jesus role. How about you, JP? Hmm. I mean, I always thought like if Jesus were to appear in this, which is weird because they don't really, they haven't really mentioned him at all in Lucifer. It's always about God, um, and a lot of the crosses don't have the don't have the body on it, except for like I think the only time you see it is when the priest episode. Yeah, when, the when they're in the bar. Yeah, when they're in the church, that's the only time you see like the the, the actual body on the cross. Um. I just imagine him being just a regular Joe, like someone that you like. You don't like again the subversion that like, you don't expect this person to be like, oh, this, oh, I'm Jesus, sort of deal. And I always thought I thought it would be cool, specifically for the show, if somehow it's a character we've already seen. Oh, like yeah. like, like he's been here this entire time. Interesting. Like yeah. Jesus has been in the show this entire time. We just right, never like knew it. He be Caruso, or who's that one police officer? Like you don't, you barely see, but they always refer to her. <laughs> <laughs> From uh, yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that one. No, it's like that's what you're referring to. I think, but they always refer as like, oh, blah blah blah. Told me to give you this file. It's like, oh, that's hey, true. blah blah blah. We're there. It's always the same name. I, I know who you're you talking see them, like, about. One but I episode. can't put a name on it. Yeah. It'd be then, out of doubt. Someone extremely handsome, though, or like yeah, extremely gorgeous. Jesus, a woman, a woman of color, too. That would be really fun, you know. Re Regina King, Regina King, please. I would just, oh my gosh, uh, just after Ooh. seeing her in Watchmen, completely different universe. But like, my goodness, I would love to see her play Jesus. That would be incredible. Like Constance Wu, like, and just like if you saw like an Asian woman Jesus, like oh. that'd be. That'd be so on brand for Lucifer. Yeah. I'd be like, what is this? <laughs> wow. That would be super exciting. When I first um, thought about this question, one of my first thoughts was like, what would, like, what would this version of Jesus be like right now? And then I, I don't know why I thought like Hassan Minaj, because like he's like, it, like if it's him, him in Patriarch, where he's like super woke, knows like everything that's going on um, and is like just like really hilarious about it and like builds like deep connections with everyone. But he's like that guy who's like best friends with everyone, like low key. 
Like, you know, like, he's not, like, narcissistic where he walks mm. in, like, hello, darling. But he just walks in and he's like, hey, man, like, what's up? Like, I got you that that croissant you've been craving. Or, like, oh, hey, how's your how's your daughter? How's your, like, did she did she get my rec- letter of rec for that that college she's going to? You know, like, like that that person. Uh, right? Yeah. I was like, everyone's yeah, like, that. very down to earth. Yeah, no, so everyone. Yeah. It'll well be the read. Perfect, and it's the perfect foil for Lucifer. Because then Lucifer will get jealous. Yeah, exactly. And then he's like, doesn't. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like he's just like a genuinely good guy, and that bugs Lucifer. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. And I want to see them like on a Mount of Olives together or something in a garden of Gethsemane, you know, just pounding it out. And they talk talk at the observatory because then that could be like the mountain. Yeah. Or he went, and like when he's put, when Jesus was in the desert. Or like, also I think of like maybe, like if it was like a if it was like a female I don't know why it's like specifically it was female Jesus if it was a female Jesus like she's like a lawyer that specifically defends hopeless innocent cases, and then like opens up like this like whole episode and like social commentary on the justice system. But that's another thing. Oh, <laughs> that would be beautiful. Actually, that would be like she was someone at like Charlotte Richards' firm the whole time, or like opposing. Because wasn't her, like, old firm super... Oh, yeah. Yeah, she, they represented Charlie criminals. They, yeah, they represented criminals. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> oh, yeah, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> nope. Any other ideas or wants for a Jesus? I'm, I'm still just trying to put together my Jake Gyllenhaal one. I'm, like, trying to figure out what that would look like. Because it would be so insane. Um... <laughs> I can imagine, like, he's just super fixated on doing the right thing or, like, doing something good that just, like, starts being really, like, anxious to watch him because there's only so many good things he can do at one time. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And just the intensity of those eyes, you know? Yeah, he's got those crazy piercing eyes. It'd be fun. It'd be fun. Okay, so our next one, next question. In Lucifer, hell is a choice, much like Catholic theology, but the twist of a personal hell that is based off of the guilt about something that you personally cannot get over. So how do you how do you feel about this? Like when that was revealed to you in like the off the record episode, um, like if you were to like write a write a hell narrative like what would you have done differently or like what parts of it do you appreciate or like what parts of it just really like turn the tables in your noggin <laughs> or turn the <laughs> gears <laughs> turn the tables is that Adele? Um, like, <laughs> uh, yeah i thought it was a good take on hell because we know because because we know like a hell hell is the like total absence of god so like could it be the moment where you were most you were the most absent with God that gets repeated over and over and over and over again as your hell and then but then I always liked the 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 theory of the whole concert scenario where it's a concert that everyone likes the person that's like performing except for you and so you're yeah. in you're in that mode where like I hate this this is the worst thing in the world but everyone else around you is having so much fun. Yeah. Like it's like, like the, the music doesn't stop. The God's love doesn't stop. Yeah. You just 
get you just choose whether or not you embrace it or you consider it your personal hell. Yeah, like that. That's I think that's got to be the worst. But I like because there's so many interpretations of what hell's like. You know, like Simpsons, like they've done that. Like what Homer goes through hell and things like that. And I always thought it was. I I always thought um, mental mental torture in hell I think is worse than physical torture so I think something like that like the, the constant loop of like repeating the, the moment you were the most abandoned from God Ooh, I think the worst thing to experience for all thanks eternity. for sharing man that felt like a very personal like, revelation <laughs> wow uh, I feel like I know you better like I, for some reason like I know exactly what to get you for Christmas now from that share. Like <laughs> that level of intimacy, we just we reached it. Um, <laughs> I think I think for me, like I think the show like pretty accurately captured. Like I, I agree with their um, their like theorizing about what hell might be like. At, at least like from my you know like perspective um, in this life, I think my worst moments have definitely been when I've tortured myself over something that was completely due to my own perspective on a thing um and like had a lot to do with my own guilt and so yeah I, I do feel that for me like being stuck in those moments of just like deep guilt um and feeling like trapped in it for eternity would be would be hell um and yeah but I, I just oh it, it, when the show like dropped that bomb on me, being like, "Oh, when Lucifer was like, everyone's blaming me for hell, but it's like you create your own, you damn humans." Like that wasn't yeah. like you make the choice. I don't make you do anything, which is true technically. Exactly, and like this idea, I, I think Amenadiel's the one who reveals it, but the idea that like uh, we do this to ourselves, and at the same time, like. Uh, we're, we're stuck in these loops, but the door's always unlocked and we can always walk out and we have the power to like step out of that mindset and, you know, walk away from it. It's just, we choose not to. Um, yeah. And I, I think it's so beautiful that it, and powerful that it like really does kind of come down to like your choice on how you choose to like react to those, to guilt and those feelings. Um, yeah. Definitely. I really appreciate it. Even though not all the theology aligns with Catholicism, but at the very least, like the importance of free will and choice, like it took me taking some like theology grad school classes to realize it's a very specifically Catholic thing to like have such an emphasis on choice and free will. Like I spoke to like my friends in like Protestant um, churches and Protestant faiths and and how and like other faiths and how a lot of it is like, oh, no, people are innately evil or they're innately good or God chooses for you or like you don't have a say, um, which is something that like Chloe tackles with, Maze tackles with, some other characters tackle with. Um, but I just appreciate that theology that they kind of um, like write into about like it's your choice um, you make a choice, like you can't stumble into hell. Um, you you make a choice to live a life that gets you to heaven and the variety of people that make it to heaven, right? Um, the way that Charlotte was able to kind of rewrite her past uh, in a sense or like rewrite her fate, you know, um, and like that ability to change, cool. which is also very Catholic, like having purgatory. <laughs> yep, which is... 
super like our what we believe in like the ability of choice and we have to make a decision and the ability and, to like do better <laughs> yeah and be better like you like just because you're like for charlotte just because she got the vision of going to hell that doesn't mean she's stuck there she can always change you can do that that's the cool thing about like the catholic faith like that's that's the thing like you can change. You're not sent to hell just because you like it's your decision. Like everyone's like, it's your decision. Yeah, at the very end, you just choose like which way to go. But then you can always yeah. redeem yourself. <laughs> you might be leaving a bad you might be living a bad life, but you can always redeem yourself at the very end. Or not at the very end, but you can redeem yourself. I mean I've there's there's those uh there's those stories that I've heard about like uh a priest who has visions and then I, I'm gonna butcher the story but it's uh the priest like this priest was given the gift of like seeing things that no one else can see and then um this a wife a widow came to him and he said like my my husband committed suicide he he jumped off a cliff um, do you know if he's going to heaven or hell? And then the priest, like he, he takes a minute and then he receives, and then he says, um, I saw your husband, he jumped, but at the very last second, he, he said he was sorry. And then he's like, that, that's what redeemed him. That sort of deal. And it's like, that's, that's like one of, I forgot, I forgot the name, I forget the name of the priest, but the, he's one of, he's, he was a mystic. Um, it's, I'm, I need to find it eventually. I need to look it up. <laughs> Oh yeah. People don't yeah. know about the charismatic yeah. side of the Catholic it's Church. Like, <laughs> I tell, I tell like my that is so cool. about it, and they're just like, "What? You worship like us? You're Catholic?" And I was just like, "I mean, like, I don't do it every Sunday. I kind of wish I could, but you know, like, when I go to my prayer groups, <laughs> I do." Wait, I, I had no idea that there was mysticism within the Catholic Church. I've heard about it, and I've heard about like Sufi mysticism. I've heard about it in other faiths, but I didn't realize it existed within Catholicism. It's definitely a very cultural thing. Like the American Catholic Church or like the Western, like, um, like Anglo Catholic Church is very like does not talk about those things. It's easier to just be straight on like the ritualistic side um, and the sacramental Mm -hmm. side. Um, But there is like a strong like mysticism in Catholic Church culture, um, especially in like, um, like Africa, in Asia. And you can... Basically everywhere, and then you can you can see you can see the <laughs> That's you really can cool. see that, and also the the that saints so cool. like certain saints get gifts like they they like so like I can't name them right now, but then like certain saints got like can see things that other people can't and things like that. So oh, I see. It's there. Yeah, that is really cool. Um, you just have to look for it because no, like people are because not everyone's ready to talk about it, so it's like kind of something that you can only like really read genuinely about the people that have really studied it or people who like do like theology dissertations on it or something you know so people don't really talk about it fair yeah um okay so i did have a thing it wasn't a fully fleshed out question but the two biggest themes in the show are like desires and truth Right. Like those are the two big things because that's like Lucifer's life. Like he can realize your desires. And oftentimes it's a hard truth that maybe you ignore, you're not ready for. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't lie. He's all about telling the truth. Right. So, like throughout the series, what are some moments where you've seen this theme that you really appreciate? Um, mm-hmm. These moments where they really emphasize like desire or truth. Yeah. Right? 
I think, I mean, for truth, I think anytime Lucifer yeah. reveals his devil face to someone new, like that whole, like that's because then he's opening himself up. It's it's more of like showing the truth about himself so that people can kind of understand more, even though he blatantly says he is the devil all the time. All he never time. lies about never it. Lies. Like he, he doesn't hide it that he is the devil. Um, but I think one of the one of the things about truth that I hope they they get eventually is Dan when he when every time he talks about Charlotte, like he he wants to know why Charlotte died and things like that. Like mm-hmm. like I just hope one day it gets revealed to him, or like Charlotte comes back. Oh yeah, for like a moment. Yeah. It's just hard just so to that watch him get... be in that much pain, right? But I like his little so, Amethyst yeah, like... bracelet phase right now. <laughs> with, with Lucifer, the bros. <laughs> you want to do CrossFit with me over the weekend? Oh my gosh. I was like, this is me and Kebabs. Just the one second where they're like, bracelet bros. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Just like, oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> yeah, I really like what you said about, um, like, I agree, like, I hope Dan learns the truth eventually, just so he has like some uh, sense of closure about why he lost her. Um, but yeah, like the whole idea around how uh, Lucifer, like he's he's very truthful, he's very upfront. You know, he doesn't lie to anyone. But at the same time, he is, and I, I guess it's dishonest feels wrong, but he does hide himself. You know, and like that is like in itself. Uh, veiling the truth you know um and i mean it's i think it's a truth that he like hides from others for the fear of like not being accepted but also from himself you know like like i think lucifer like this idea of the devil um in the show he's just like he's a metaphor for a guy who just struggles with like self-hatred and like cannot accept himself and his flaws um and so Oh yeah, I sorry, I feel like I lost my train of thought, but that was related to truth at some point. <laughs> I think. No, I I yeah, cuz I, I think that's the reason why I like Lucifer a lot because then we all can see ourselves in Lucifer. Right. There there is there is a sense of that and finding out the truth is like I think that's just that's just something we all we all go through like like why are we dealing with all these things why are these people like how come all these people are, are like back talking me like there's that, that's not true like like what people say about me mm. like that's not true mm-hmm. at all and so it's just, just finding that truth or finding that truth so that everyone can see you for who you are and hopefully everyone accepts you for it absolutely yeah like the voices you project into people's mouths that they aren't actually like saying you know, the bad voices that your mm-hmm. head tells you, like, yeah, this person said mm-hmm. that you're super annoying. When? Yeah. Yeah. I won't do the bit. I won't. Like, like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm not, why, why does everyone think I'm a goat? <laughs> yeah, we've all had that moment, right? Where everyone just associates us with goats for some reason. Why do you call me a goat? Like, everyone has that face. Yeah. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like what you're saying, though. Um, with with Dan though, I feel like he's already at that first step. Like he knows there's celestial beings, so I think that leaves him open to then finding out the truth. Whether he's ready or not for that is a different story. But 
he's kind of he's already gone over that first hurdle like he's seen lucifer's double face which is always everyone's first hurdle right like before they learn the entirety of truth or like and also i really like because people are like if i explain to him like oh it's about lucifer taking a vacation finding out how to be a better person he has a therapist and he helps do detective work like everyone's like that is so niche um but when you think about it it's like all of it is about uncovering truth right like uncovering truth about other people and like uncovering truth about yourself like every episode is basically a big metaphor for something that people go go through like psychologically or mentally or emotionally and so and that's why so many people like the show is because it's a fantasy world, exactly. but same like, emotions. Despite these characters being like celestial beings of like unknown, unmatched power, they have human struggles and human flaws that people can see themselves in. Um, also, just uh, I love that the devil has a therapist. Like the idea that like anyone, you know, like it's a funny trope. It's super funny. It's out of the blue, but when you think about it, it's beautiful to think that like anyone can like be better anyone can work on themselves like no matter how far gone they think they are um there's always there's always a way to i don't know if redemption's the word but redemption feels like the word you know there's always redemption yeah i think no i think that's a perfect word I, I think it's a word that people are scared of because it holds a lot of responsibility but it's a hard truth in that redemption is available to everyone it's accessible yeah, to everyone. And I, I think, you know, it's a lot of but, work. <laughs> and maybe this is getting too deep in, into this, but like I, behind those feelings of like hearing the word redemption is scary just because I, I do feel that like myself included that there are a lot of us that like don't feel deserving of it in some ways, if that makes sense. And I think that's reflected a lot in Lucifer's character, right? Like there, there's so much self-hatred because he knows what he's done and he just hasn't accepted that those things happened and he hasn't forgiven himself. Um, and so, yeah, I, I feel like redemption is just a really hard thing. Yeah, definitely. He forgets he was an angel first. He gets so focused <laughs> on, on his devilness and like his Lord of hell occupation that he forgets that he was like an angel first. And so... He forgets that maybe, like, the people that yeah. truly love and care about him see that part of him, right? Yeah. Like, Amenadiel doesn't look at him as the devil in that sense anymore. Like, that's his brother. Like, we were angels once. We both mm-hmm. have the same dad. Like, we came from the same place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Different just have positions. A different, <laughs> different functions in the system. <laughs> I, I, I'd like that you highlighted desire. I'm trying to think of a... Of just what stood out around desire for me in the show was there something for you guys i can't think of anything specific because he, he asks that question every single episode so it's just like trying to pinpoint like an exact moment it's just it's kind of hard yeah, exactly i think in general times when the desire desire was like seemingly innocent but then like chain reactioned to a you could say evil deed is really interesting like a, a desire that is not you know like mm. engaged with in a healthy way then becomes yeah. these mm-hmm. unhealthy destructive actions 
like I think about when he's talking like the murderers of a case or something and it's like their desire was very simple but it turned into this or that it turned ugly right oh I feel like a really good example of that is a well I don't know if this is jumping ahead but like off the record um Linda's ex-husband uh and yeah right right like his uh his one like desire was for was for Linda to love him and like to care about him uh and just the way he went about trying to achieve that trying to you know make her feel that way which you know can't do that dude uh yeah just just how it like destroyed him and like really created his own hell loop um mm-hmm. and led him to make these ridiculous choices that were destructive yeah I feel like that's a very thought-provoking question. I almost wish I had like I, I, a week. I mean, and like you know, two weeks to write a paper on, on it. We can talk about it again <laughs> when season six is over. Flesh it out for you, you know. Desire and truth. What is what is the relationship? We got it. We got we got a season and a half still of the show. So does it oh, come out yet? Yeah, we'll do a part, part two. two. If you don't want to hear part two, let us know in the comments, please. <laughs> like, bless, bless. I'm so glad that it's still turning out stuff. Um, I have one more question, and then I want to go into like a like a fan folks fan focusing section where we just talk about our favorite episodes yeah. and stuff, and just indulge that. Yes. Um, one last question. So, uh, a couple of the episodes talk about this idea of God's will, right? Like that's the struggle that Amenadiel and Lucifer and like all the all their siblings struggle with. Besides Ray Ray, she's kind of chilling, um, or they're they're kind of chilling. Um, but they um, they all like kind of struggle with like what is it that this that our Father wants, and they have all these ideas of God's will, which aren't oh, don't always lead to good things. Um, that don't always lead to like fruitful engagement with in relationships or with the world um and so there's one line that uh that lucifer says in season two episode five the weaponizer he says everyone thinks they know what he wants referring to god human wars have been waged because of it and um (laughs) yeah so Lucifer talks about how he's like no one knows what what he wants like i don't even know what he wants angels don't know what he wants um, and so talking about this idea of like, what's God's will in our lives and the ways that pe- most people have re- interpreted it. Um, but also looking at the idea of like God's special relationship with human beings. Like, I don't know how this is in other Christian theologies, but at least in Catholic theologies, um, I remember hearing this talk about the Eucharist um, from someone and they were just saying how like, how uh, angels are jealous of humans because humans are able to consume Christ in the Eucharist. And be one with Christ in that way, whereas angels don't have bodies um, and don't have that moment of like, you know, like everyday choice in um, loving in, in 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 choosing God's will. You know, it's like like that intimacy that that um, that intimacy that Ella has or talks about in terms of God. You don't hear any of the angels right. talk about God like that, and that's right. And they're you know God's children. <laughs> like directly yeah. right and so it's interesting 
That's fair. Maybe I, I, I don't want to go there. You. That's a lot. I don't want to go there. I, I mean, There's no I, real yeah, like, and Maybe maybe we can <laughs> this part out if like, you don't want to go there. But like, <laughs> I mean, it's I mean, it's a good it's it's a it's an interesting I, yeah I, it's a good point because then it's a good point we, in Lucifer they humanize the angels because it looks like they they're still given it it seems like they can still decide back and forth they can still make a decision when like in catholic theology uh the angel the angels were given a choice like before time like god explained his his whole like salvation how jesus is going to come down and save and 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 sac- like sacrifice do everything that he was going to do for the, for the sake of humanity and then that's when lucifer said no use me and then it was that that caused his fall and then like so and then like the angels made the decision as well like do they follow god or they or, like do they follow god's plan or do they don't and if they don't they went they went to hell like that's that's where the mm. the angels and demons come from like it was a choice that the angels got and that choice is forever like they can't change it anymore there's no way a demon can be like oh no i want to be an angel oh, again so demons like, there's no way that can follow, happen fallen angels like according to pretty much yeah. yeah yeah wow. they 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 fell from they fell from grace so that's what that's where the demons are from and so like we get to like that's why i think also angels are jealous because we get to pretty much we have free will yeah we're allowed to do we can do things like we have the choice to we have we can make the choice and choices in our lives when and stuff like that so yeah i agree and i think there's like there's like a along the lines yeah, of what yeah, Dickie was saying like the angels uh, clearly are more like rigidly followers of like this thing in their heads in the show and in, in this thing in their heads that they like believe to be god's will whereas like the humans like ha- are like less in touch with that you know like they're not they're not immortals they don't like yeah they're they're just not a they're not built that way and i think that's part of what makes like ella's faith so beautiful is that it is a choice like you see there's like more emotion and more joy that she gets out of it than say like remiel or like an amenadiel um yeah i do think it's because it is a choice for her um okay so let's get to just like the geek out portion like let's just talk about our favorite episodes like the highlights the lucifer highlights where do i I begin I think unanimously, Father Frank. Father Frank yeah, <laughs> yeah. A priest, R.I.P. A priest walked into the bar. I mean, that, that. I mean, for that to happen only in season one, to get that moment where like Lucifer the entire time is all jokey, but then the mo- like this episode you get to see like a serious side of Lucifer. Yeah. Like this is the first time you actually get you get to see him like mad because of what happened to a human, not just because of Chloe. But from another human, right? And I think it's the first time you see him hold a genuine friendship with someone too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the piano sequence. Every uh, time when they were playing the piano together, uh, makes me feel like I was, have a yeah. friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm a part of that. True love, yeah. real love is is it a welcoming is. love. It is. It's, it's inclusive, not exclusive. And and, um, and then the fact that Father Frank came from a like his life prior to being a priest, like he has, like he knows that side, like he knows what Lucifer is going through because he led that life for a bit. Like I think 
it was a good union for them for for Father Frank to meet Lucifer. And then at the very end, like, oh, maybe like Father Frank said, maybe God didn't put you in my path. Maybe right. God put me in your path for like for a reason. Like it was like one of those right. things. Like oh, I think got you well, there, Lucifer. Kind of, <laughs> taking that episode and then kind of fast forwarding a bit to when um when Linda is talking to Chloe about how. Uh, Chloe is basically like the only human that's ever like really seen him because every human sees him for like, you know, their own desires. Um, bringing that back to the Father Frank episode, I think the, those last words you said, JP, that Father Frank had where he reframes it and says like, I, you weren't in my path, I was in yours. Like, I don't know, it, it like lends some, uh, I, I, it, he kind of sees Lucifer in a way. And that, like, he, you know, he, like, considers him in a way that I don't think a lot of other humans in the show do. Yeah, he he was the, f- technically, he's the fir- one of the first people to know that he was actually the devil. Because he mentions, like, he says, oh. your father. And that's when Lucifer kicked, like, it clicks to Lucifer, like, you know who I am. Like, you know truly that I am the devil. Oh, and so Father Frank's like, I... And he like, was so nonchalant yeah, like, about it. If you, if, yeah, watch wow. it again. He says, your father to lucifer and then it's like wait you know who i am he knew that he was the devil yeah like he knew he was the devil but then father frank like being the cool priest bro that he that he just is <laughs> with the spider Ugh. A couple, a couple of things before we go. Keep a lookout for some specials and collabs we'll be embarking on in October. Um, some spooky and some spoopy things. Some food, some spooky stuff, some foodie stuff, but always truly universal. Uh, also, I and JP here, uh, as well as Ian, we rep Truly Universal Podcast every month on the Average Nerd Podcast Twitch stream. Um, so catch us next time on October 10th as we continue our campaign. Um, My first character was Toph and she's already died. Um, Right now I'm Steven Universe, so we'll see how far we go. Um, But it's all based off of characters created by Tulak the Barbarian. Um, So check it out. Also, Famine Fed, our sister podcast here at Urban Picks, just had an awesome episode on donuts. So I'm not going to tell you anything more than that. Just like if you like donuts or if you just love our famine fed squad, um, go check it out. Um, But yeah, that's all we have time for today. Uh, Thank you all for tuning in. And thank you to JP for coming back for the trillion millionth time. Um, And for our first time guest, Kabeb. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks, everybody. Uh, We will see you next time in another universe. Truly Universal is a production of Urban Picks, All Things to All. Theme song by Demi Guevara, audio production by Ethan Poe, and outro song by Chris Kabilis. You can find all of our content on our website, www.urbanpicks.com slash trulyuniversal. Please like and subscribe to us on wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to contact us, send us an email at trulyuniversal at urbanpicks.com. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.